Welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson, and we are here to discuss quarterbacks. The 2022 class of quarterbacks that has been quite controversial in, in the sense of varying opinions among all the quarterbacks in this draft class. So, Devin, you know, the both of us have seen discussion in some group chats. Some group chats were in, especially the Blue Chip Scouting group chat, where everyone hates talking about quarterbacks. So give us a little idea of what for the people that may that are just starting to catch up with the draft process, starting to get into it now that we're fast approaching draft day. Give them an idea of what this quarterback class is like. What what do we see in this quarterback class and is there a path for success for or a path for immediate success with any of these guys? Well, I think it, if you want to talk about, we can talk about the last part of your question, uh, path to immediate success. I think um, there's only a few quarterbacks maybe in that, in that, that department, I think that can come in immediately and, and be somewhat productive. And I think uh, names like Kenny Pickett comes to mind. Uh, Cause I just think, Right now, I mean, you can throw, you can drop him in an NFL team, and I think he's he's a decent average starter for the NFL just because of his accuracy, his, his ability to create off script. Although I don't think it's going to be a huge uh, calling card on, and once he gets to the NFL, uh, the NFL game, um, and and I just think his ability to go through progressions and take what's in front of him. He's one of the few quarterbacks in this class that. If a check down is open, he's just going to take it. He's not going to force it, uh, force a ball down the field if it's not there. So I think immediately for Pickett, I think he could come in and, and be a decent starter for an NFL franchise. So I think for this class, you're going to have – there's a few swings in this class. So obviously the one being Malik Willis, I think he's a big swing. Matt Corral, he's a big swing. Uh, Sam Howell, to some degree, I think is a big swing as well because those three guys – didn't really play in NFL, uh, you know, NFL type of offenses. They were RPO based, um, especially with Liberty. They just did not have a complex scheme. Uh, same thing with North Carolina. They, they didn't have a complex scheme, although there were some components in, in their offense that is somewhat translatable. RPO is starting to become a little bit more common in NFL. Same thing with Corral. Uh, There's some bootleg action that he does that that translates. But those are the three big wild cards in, in this class, I would say. And then you got Desmond Ritter and Carson Strong, who I haven't really mentioned. I think those guys need to be in the right offense and need to be in. I mean, all these guys need to be in a perfect situation. But for mm-hmm. media success, they need to have weapons around them. And, yep. and, and for Carson Strong uh, specifically, he needs to have a really a solid or very good offensive line around him because he's not going to be mobile in the pocket. So that, that's kind of the categories I see it. You see the big swings, the, the core, as I mentioned first, uh, the uh, the safer prospect, quote unquote, and Kenny Pickett. Uh, and, and then you have Ritter as well as Strong, who have some some uh, in, in, in intangible traits. They, they have some uh, things where they're both in, in charge of being, you know, making calls at the line of scrimmage. You can say the same thing uh, also about Kenny Pickett. So they're a little, I would say those three are a little bit more far along in their development than the first three names. But I think 
in general, you're not going to have a immediate starter that is going to shock the league like last year, like, you know, a Mac Jones to some degree or, um, you know, or have some of the success that, um, I mean, really, Mac Jones was really the only quarterback last year that had immediate <laughs> success. Um, yeah. Which, you know, is, is kind of crazy <laughs> to say, but he he landed in, a, in the best situation. I think yeah. for this quarterback class, that's what's going to have going to have to happen for for any of these guys to be immediately uh, immediately successful. I'm with you completely. Um, you know, Pickett is definitely the guy I can see coming in, starting immediately and having some success um, at the next level early on in his career. Um, his ceiling is a little it is limited because he doesn't have that truly arm strength and. There, there are some issues with him in terms of pocket awareness and some inconsistencies with decision making, and I'll get to that later when, um, when I, when we discuss Kenny Pickett uh, further in our rankings. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are projects in this draft class. I, I would say Desmond Ritter, I think, is a project because even though he had he he's a traits guy, there are still a lot to work on. There, there's plenty of work to be done with him in terms of accuracy, mechanics, pocket awareness. Um, I mean, there, there are issues that I, I'm, I'm very concerned about. And I, I kind of want to start my quarterback rankings as uh, right here with an honorable mention. And that is Desmond Ritter. And I kind of explained it. Um, I gave Ritter a high fourth round grade. Um, I think Ritter is one of the more, polarizing prospects in this draft class um, because there just seems to be a partisan view on him. Like one side thinks he is already pro ready, ready to go, can start in the NFL, be a formidable starter early on. And then there are others that think he should not start an NFL game ever. um, And like should be a career backup. I'm in the middle. Um, I do, I do like Ritter's traits. Um, he has good size, athleticism, arm talent, plenty of flashes. Um, but like I, like I was just saying, he he does have issues with accuracy and consistent ball placement. Um, he needs to do a better job of, of taking what's in front of him. He can be too greedy at times. He can be a little toesy in the pocket, um, and he and. The, and again, the mechanics, I, I, there's some inconsistencies with this upper and lower half and also his upper half. It seems like his his throwing motion, throwing motion is pretty elongated and, and the fact that sometimes it takes him a while for him to like wind up and actually throw the ball. Um, there's plenty of work to be done with Ritter, but I do see a future where in the right spot in the right environment, he can be an NFL starter. How good could that be? I I really don't have a clue, but there there is a path for Ritter to be good. So I, I'm I'm in the middle. I have a fourth round grade on Ritter, even though a report came out that or earlier that most NFL teams that are interested in Ritter have a first round grade on him, which kind of didn't surprise me in some way because it's the NFL. They like traits. They like all those intangibles. They're not really interested and they don't seem really interested in, or well, they do think they can fix a player, but it really depends on how the player responds to the coaching. 
Um, they need to be coachable, but that's where I am on Ritter. Um, that's he's currently my QB six. Um, Devin, who do you have as your honorable mention slash um, number six quarterback on your board? But uh, honorable mention for me and QB six for me is um, it's Matt Corral. I think there's just too much volatile play for me uh, in this tape that it, it just makes it. it it makes me worried that he's never going to take that next step of development, you know, and, and it's kind of like my rankings are, are, are a little bit different probably than, than other people's. Cause I, I think, well, I take upside into account where I take like arm talent and, and those things you kind of look for in modern quarterbacks that Corral does have some of those things. He has ability to, to create out a structure and um, you know, he, he has a, a really good arm. I, I just worry that for me, it's, Going through his, re- I mean, even the RPO-based system, it's just like one, maybe two or three, but then take off. There's not a lot of patience with him in the pocket. Like, I see I see him attempting to climb the pocket. I see him, you know, try to layer throws over across the middle or, you know, try to use different arm slots. I just feel like with him, he is going to be one of the longer-term projects in this class because – while there are some intangible traits there, I mean, there there are some issues with the, the past and some things that happen off the field. But there's also just for me issues with his eyes. It, there's just not enough discipline in his eyes, in my opinion, that that can maybe that makes me confident that once he gets to the NFL level, it's going to change. Because I feel like, you know, a lot of people bring up, you know, Josh Allen and talking about some of these quarterbacks in this class. The difference with him is that, like, there were flashes of dominance. For me, I, I didn't see that on, on Corral's tape. I saw a lot of inconsistency. He didn't get help. There were a lot of drops, uh, a good bit of drops on film as well. It wasn't all on him. But when the pressure surrounded him, he just made some, some really wild decisions. And mm-hmm. I know he cut back from him in, in his 2020 tape. And, and obviously, the the five and six game interceptions – we talked about a ton over the summer, but even just with the the decrease in turnovers this year, I just saw too many times holding on to the ball, not feeling the pressure around him, and then just not being a good decision maker under pressure. So for me, that's kind of kind of what went into it, and and kind of pushed some of the other quarterbacks above him. It's just while there were, were flashes of, of really good, especially early in the season, like he was rolling early in the season. Down the stretch of the SEC schedule, he got beat up. I worry about him taking care of his body. You know, just just so many small things and intricacies in in the quarterback position that makes me worried. He's never going to get to that point. So so that's why he just missed for me in the top five. And and I I completely understand why people believe in him, but I I just don't see enough. Didn't see enough on film that that leads me to believe he's he's going to be more than than a project. And even then, I just don't know once he's in the NFL offense, how he's going to operate. So that, that just worries me. Um, I, I will go ahead and say that Matt Corral is higher in my rankings than, uh, than as an honorable mention in this, um, in, in these rankings. Um, and once we get to him, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up my thoughts on Corral once I get to him, but going on to quarterback number five or to QB five on my board, it's Carson Strong out of Nevada, and I, I like Carson Strong. He he got a high third round grade from me. 
Um, when you look at his tape when he was healthy, it, it's some of the best tape of anyone in this draft class at quarterback. Um, when healthy, strong showed a really good arm, good intelligence, uh, good football intelligence, where he was making calls and protections at the line of scrimmage, really seeing things well um, all throughout the field. Um, good accuracy mechanics were clean for the most part. Um, and he did a really good job, um, reading the field in Nevada's offense. Um, however, I think the knee injury is definitely a concern and it really affected his play overall. Um, what hurts me the most is that with strong is that he is, he's, he's sort of a statue in the pocket, not, well, no, not a statue. That that's kind of kind of wrong to say. He's not a statue per se, but he is more. He's not as mobile as you would like to see a quarterback of that size. Um, and you know, it, I think when you look at his play when he was favoring the knee, I, you could tell he was trying to he was trying to play it off but it really affected his play because he was trying to do different things, get into different habits and it started to cost him. It started to hurt his play a little bit down the stretch. Um, I think he navigates the pocket. Well, especially for someone who isn't as mobile as other quarterbacks, Um, but the knee injury and the lack of mobility, um, it really concerned me um, for him as at the next level. He has the ability to be a starter um, if there were no concerns with his knee. And if he didn't have any knee issues, I, I think he's considered a potential pro-ready starting quarterback at the next level. But there are – but this is in, – in the NFL, in today's NFL, Strong's type isn't as – isn't as wanted, I would say. But as long as you have a strong arm, I guess – you're going to be fine. I think Mac Jones is doing all right in New, in New England, but he doesn't have a good arm like Carson Strong does. Um, I don't have a pro comp for Carson Strong, but I could see him um, at some point starting down the road. It will just depend on how his knee is and which team he ends up going to, how he's developed, and, and that's kind of the same story with everyone else in this draft class. But – that that's kind of where I am with Carson Strong. Yeah, he's a little higher on my list for me, and I'll talk about him more what I see from him. Uh, but I, I do think he's he's a little bit lost in this this draft class now because of the talks of Ritter, the talks of Willis Pickett. I think have been been the biggest names people have been mentioning. Corral's gaining steam as of late uh, as well. But but how and, and Strong seem to be the the kind of the odd men out. There's not as many people talking about those two, but. Uh, they're they're certainly uh, going to be. I, I think both are probably going to go in the second round, in my opinion. Uh, and I'll get more to that when, once I talk about both of them. But I think it's you know a lot of what you said is valid, and and I think you know the knee injury is definitely going to be uh, concerning for some NFL teams. I'll go with my QB five here. Um, my QB five is Sam Howell. Uh, just talked about uh, a little bit about him, but. Uh, for me, I, I think for the reason that he he is end up as QB five for me is because some some of the same thing same issues I saw with with Corral I saw with Howell and and it just sucks that 
their offenses were such RPO based and, and it relied a lot on quick game and, and whatnot. And for me, I, I think he's he's a fairly accurate short to uh, somewhat intermediate uh, accurate quarterback. I think he gets the ball out on time. Uh, you know, he, he has really good mechanics. I think uh, one of the with a few core acts in this class, I think don't doesn't need to change a whole bunch about his mechanics. You know, people always talk about his Baker Mayfield esque. I definitely see see in the motion, um, and and I do think you know he, he has a, a pretty deep ball. He he can he can really float it out there. Um, you know, really leads his receivers on on those uh, deep passes. But while we're talking talking about deep passes, he he had one of the 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 worst percentages uh, completing deep passes this year, and a lot of that was due to the the change in personnel. Obviously, we know about what he lost uh, compared to twenty twenty. 2021 and, and having young receivers, uh, it happens. You have miscommunication. I thought there was a lot of miscommunications early in this film. But for me, I, I just I see him being able to move defenders with his eyes. There, there is something there. And, and he's able to manipulate with his eyes, but he's just not winning enough in the pocket for me at this current juncture. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to knock every single quarterback because they didn't play in a pro style system, but his decision making uh, under pressure was somewhat questionable, too. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just just a lot of I mean, the Virginia Tech game lives in everybody's mind because everybody was looking at that game. That game was bad. But, that was really yeah, bad. That, yeah, that, that was my worst rated game for him. And and some of it, it wasn't his fault. Some of it was just protection breakdown issues. But even when he had time, he was jumping in the pocket. And I saw that throughout his film. He, he had a hard time trying to navigate the pocket. And there were some uh, things left to be desired working out the structure because he certainly has the tools and skill set to do it. I just didn't see enough of it. I, I thought I was going to see a little bit more uh, throwing on the move and having those type of bootleg action and seeing him, you know, work outside of the pocket and, finding men downfield. I, I just didn't see enough of that. And, and that worries me a little bit because of his play style. Similar to uh, Corral, he's going to need to protect himself better because he he took a lot of beating in, in 2021. He was a big part of the rushing game, but he's not going to be able to last NFL working like that. So for me, I think I just worry about how is he going to win at the NFL level outside of the short game. I know he can can hit the deep passes, but I just didn't see enough consistency in his overall game uh, and overall accuracy, especially under pressure, that it just leaves me worried. Like, if you throw him in the game next year, a couple of years down the line, how is he going to be able to handle that? So that that's, that kind of worries me because I try to think of NFL projection. You throw these guys in right now. How are they going to react? Or how in a year or two, even if they get experience and, you know, learning the system, are those same tendencies going to continue to show up? And I think for how, for me, it's just not enough consistency. I, I, I see the tracer there. He, he uses his eyes pretty well, but it just doesn't always get to where he needs to. So that that's why he ended up as QB5 for me. Yeah, I, and I'll talk about Hal here, and he's also – I'm higher on Hal than – I'm actually higher on – corral and how than you are um and I, and i will say i will hint at it that our quarterback rankings are probably going to be flipped and flipped in a sense so and you made some really good points about how and i'm with you all the way but i'll, I'll explain here later um more of my thoughts on how but 
onto QB number on to QB number four. This will shock some people. Um, I have Malik Willis as my QB four. Um, and I, I will go ahead and say that the margin between QB one and QB four, it's very small. It's a very small margin. There's not a big gap between QB one and QB four. And Willis could have easily been my QB one. Um, but I slightly liked some of the players ahead of him better on tape, even though Willis will probably end up being the first quarterback off the board more than likely, uh, which I don't have any problem with. He is a, he's a terrific talent, but there, I love Willis. I really do. And you love the arm talent, the athleticism, the mobility, our structure ability. It's all so good, but there, he has a ways to go, but before he could become that superstar that a lot of people think he can be. Um, he needs to do a better job at like controlling his, his controlling the tempo on some of his throws. He's throwing passes at 100 miles an hour. He's the accuracy in the ball placement needs to be more consistent. It got better, but it, it needs to be a lot more consistent. His decision making needs plenty of work. Um, he puts the ball in harm's way way too often and trying to play hero ball. Didn't really, he was playing in a Liberty offense that really didn't do him favors in terms of allowing him to show the full package as a true potential NFL quarterback at the next level. Um, and th- there are some issues with this pocket awareness and lower half mechanics, but I I do expect Willis to be one of the first quarterbacks off the board, but he will need work and it's going to take time. And whoever drafts him, they will need to be patient because they can see the talent that this guy has. Willis is incredibly talented, but these, the fans need to know whoever he gets drafted by those fans need to know it's going to take time for Willis to develop. It's not going to be him coming in and starting immediately. And say, and I'll go ahead and tell Panther fans this. If the league Willis is the quarterback at six or ends up being the pick at six, you have got to be patient because this this guy is not going to start week one. I highly doubt he will. More likely, we'll see him start in year two and maybe halfway through year two, potentially, because it, it, it could take a while. So Willis is someone that – I wouldn't say a project – but he's someone that you need to develop correctly and not throw into the fire. But Willis has the ceiling, the upside. He has the tools you need to be a really good quarterback at the next level. It's a lot of the stuff in here, in the mind and the eyes that you need to really hone in on. And also the mind. And I talked I talked about this during the summer the mind needs to be well-connected with the lower half when it comes to mechanics. And sometimes that's not always wired correctly. So Willis has the ways to go, but I really like what I saw on tape. He could be a future star in the NFL. He could be one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league, but the landing spot is going to be crucial and fans and the team and media will have to be patient with him. Yeah, uh, Willis is is obviously higher on on the board for me, and and I'll talk about what I see from him a little bit later too. But 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's not going to be an overnight sensation. I think I think people are starting to realize that and and understand that his talent is is going to be the reason he's one of the first quarterbacks off the board. Uh, for me, QB four here is Kenny Pickett. Um, for me, I don't see a lot wrong with his game, but I think compared to these other quarterbacks that have ranked higher, I just see a certain ceiling with him. And for me. Kind of my thing is, do I think you can be more than an above average starter? And for me, I don't think Kenny Pickett can be an above average starter. And that's okay. I think there is there are going to be teams that want that. And there is a need for that. I think there needs to be, especially for teams that cannot get the top talented quarterbacks or get the can't quote unquote miss quarterbacks, you have to settle for that. And for me, I think Kenny Pickett is is kind of in that in that bucket. Like he, he's essentially this year for me, Mac Jones. He is the guy that he's going to keep keep the chains moving on offense. He's gonna occasionally make the big throw. He's gonna occasionally attack downfield, but he's going to take where the defense gives him because he's learned how to be patient in that Pittsburgh offense that has pro uh, concepts in it. And I think for me, Kenny Pickett, I don't, I don't like using safe pick. I, I think he is the guy that comes in immediately and probably starts for a team mm-hmm. out of all, all, all the quarterbacks in this class. And, and I have no problem with it. I think if you want to keep the status quo of your team, if you're that middle tier team that is – looking to consistently make the playoffs or be competitive in your division. I think Kenny Pickett is a solid pick for you because he's going to keep everything status quo around you. He's not going to elevate you. I don't think, I don't think his skill set is going to warrant like championship level, but I think he's intelligent enough to come in, run the offense, command the offense. He was able to make checks at the line at Pittsburgh. You see that on film. Um, you know, he, he went out and won some big games this year. I mean, he, he beat Clemson. Uh, he beat, obviously, Wake Forest AC, ACC championship. Um, and, and pretty much every game they lost, he played pretty well in. I mean, he had some some bad interceptions against Miami uh, that he just made throws late because he hadn't pushed the ball down the field. But I think with Pickett, you're getting a guy that's going to come in and, and can have immediate success. He, he can come in and, and have almost probably like – Mac Jones numbers, because I think he's going to go to a team that isn't like a, a developing team. It's a team that is like borderline uh, competitive. And I, I, I'll just say, now, I don't think the Panthers are going to select them if they select the quarterback. That's just me. Cause it, it just wouldn't make sense for what they're trying to do. Yeah. But I, I do think Kenny Pickett, he's going to go in and go to that one of those borderline, um, you know, playoff teams, come in and keep the status quo, but I don't think he is a franchise changer in the sense that he can elevate his play and elevate those around him and, and, you know, win, like win a championship and within mm-hmm. his first couple of years, well, could he do it? Probably. I mean, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo get to the, the uh, Super Bowl and they had a chance to win it. So I, I think for him, his path is uh, Kirk Cousins, a Jimmy Garoppolo type where, he can be a average starter or slightly above average starter, but I don't see the ceiling for him 
that makes him a top, you know, two or three quarterback in this class. Um, Kenny Pickett is my QB three with a mid second round grade. So this is a perfect time for me to really kind of explain Pickett uh, for myself. Um, I'm with you the entire way on Pickett. Um, I, I I love I, I like to save a lot better than I thought I would. And I know Panther fans will be like, oh, why do you have Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis? Willis is obviously better. Well, on my board, not, not the case. Uh, Kenny Pickett's tape wasn't as bad as I thought. I mean, he, he does need work in terms of pocket awareness and his decision-making. It can be a little hit and miss. Um, but he did a good job of keeping stuff in front of him um, distributing the ball well. He was accurate, good, clean mechanics, um, plenty of good touch and ball placement with um, good deep ball accuracy. He's not going to have an elite arm and toss it 60 yards. That That's just not his style. I mean, he, he's more Mac Jones, but more mobile um, as a quarterback. And, you know, with Kenny Pickett, he – like you were saying, he he's not exactly like he's not a safe pick, but he is someone that can come in for a team that's borderline NFL play that's borderline playoff ready and help them get help with that final push to get into the postseason. Um, will he ever be a franchise quarterback? I don't think so. I'm with you there. Um, I I do see it. I think his ceiling in the NFL is like an average quarterback, like a mid-tier quarterback that he will he will get the job done. And you're going to see – you've already seen the Teddy Bridgewater comparisons because of he's got two gloves, all that. I mean, and their play style is actually fairly similar. Um, I, I wouldn't – I'm not going to compare Bridgewater – or I'm not going to compare Pickett to Bridgewater. Um, I'm not really into uh, comparisons in terms of prospects unless they truly make sense to me. Um, but with Pickett's, it, there's plenty to like, but I also get the reason why not to like him uh, because he doesn't have the requisite tw- the requisite traits you look for in a superstar quarterback at the next level um he's going to get the job done he has a good understanding of pro concepts reads the field well um pocket awareness and decision making are really and arm talent are really his three main flaws um and i don't really have any issue with him on tape overall um so for for pickets it, it I recently mocked him to Pittsburgh, um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he's staying home um, in this mock draft. And I think Pittsburgh would just be a really nice place, especially in Matt Canada's offense, uh, where they do so many different things. Like they they motion a lot. They move guys around. Um, They play out um, single back. I – they play out the shotgun. I mean, they they do a ton of different stuff. I think – Pickett in Pittsburgh would be a really nice fit there. Uh, and like you were saying, I don't see the fit really in Carolina, especially with their need for like a guy that can really potentially turn things around and help save Matt Rule's job. But honestly, 
what quarterback in this draft class is going to save Matt Rule's job? I I don't I don't see anyone. <laughs> I don't see anyone at all to save Matt Rule's job in this draft class. So Look, I get the I get the connection between David David Tepper, Matt Rule, Temple, Pittsburgh, all that, yada yada yada. Pickett's not going to elevate your team. He's not. He's just not. He'll ele- he may elevate a playoff team to the postseason, but that's as, that's as far as you're going to get. Maybe you get you best case scenario, you get a Jimmy Garoppolo type of player. He's good enough with a great team around him to get to the postseason. Could Carolina be that team one day? Possibly. Right now in a in sort of a conflicting matter of win now versus tr- just trying to build the roster. No way. I don't see I don't see that as a fit for Kenny Pickett at all. So Devin, who's your QB three? I'm going to assume it's Desmond Ritter. Yeah, it's Desmond Ritter. Um I think for me, I, I like Desmond Ritter kind of, kind of more than most. Like I'm, I'm not like the, you know, the, the biggest fan of Ritter. I'm not gonna say he's the best quarterback in this class because I, 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 that's just not how I feel about him. But I, I don't think he's as bad as some make him out to be. I think he's somewhere in the middle, right? So he's for me at least. I see, I see the translatable traits to NFL offense. Like for me, I want him in an outside zone system because I like seeing throw him thrown on the move. I like the the built-in shot plays that Cincinnati, uh, you know, drew up for him. And I, I think he has a uh, very feasible arm. I don't think it's the, the best in this class. I don't really think it's top two in my opinion, but I, I think he can push the ball down the field uh, comfortably. And the accuracy issues are, are are what they are. They they come up on tape, and and sometimes it's just misses that just don't make sense. Like he has good footwork, he has good a good base, and he has no pressure around him. He's missing passes, so that's a little bit concerning to me. And that was one of my negatives with him that he just needs to hit the layups more. And I mean, you see a lot with it. And obviously the, the next two quarterbacks I'm going to mention, you know, one of them needs to hit their layups a lot more. But for me, Ritter needs to hit his layups more. And and he just needs to to make things more simple. Because to me, like, he he's shown pocket movement. He can move within mm-hmm. the pocket. You know, he can feel the pressure around him. He He's an experienced starter. Um, you know, he, he's been able to operate that Cincinnati offense at a high level. And I mean, against Indiana, he went out there and, and after a rough first half, second half, he looked pretty sharp. There were moments against Notre Dame, he looked really sharp. And for me, it's East like Carolina. East Carolina yeah. was a good game for him. Yeah, East Carolina too. So you see, like he has some consistent film like on tape, but it's just about stringing that together throughout the game. And there are moments in, in almost every game where there's a possession or two where he just can't hit anything. Yeah. And it, it, there's no really no rhyme or reason. Like some of it maybe is pressure related. Some of it he just he's just missing. And for me, I kind of recognize that the way like the way he wins is it's a combination of his athleticism and mind. And and I, I understand why people like that, because that's the most combination you're going to see in this class, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. there's a, a blend of both in this game. Like it's not just all athleticism. It's not just all mind. 
and and he's he's able to to look off safeties, but then there are times where he just gets stuck in his pre uh you know preconditioned mindset. He's gonna going to take a shot or he's going to throw it uh you know in a stack receiver set with you know uh, four defenders over there. Or he kind of makes those things preset. And I, I think sometimes he's either over analyzing what he's thinking or he's just uh you know just hell bent on you know he's going to run this certain scheme so for yeah. me i think he can be successful in nfl there to me i think he at the very least he can be like he's not gonna i don't think he can be a, a above average star immediately but i don't think he's gonna be a seller he's gonna be somewhere probably in 18 to 24 25 ish in terms of you know when all the metrics come out for quarterbacks because yeah. he's going to have really stretches of good play but he's also going to struggle and you've got to be able to live with that but his struggles is i would say probably one of the best in this class because you can manage what he has they're correct that is wrong right it, they're correctable and some of it's just little things you know like the way he places his feet on on outside throws or uh the way he he may be aiming instead of just naturally throwing i think i see that a lot in this film i think he's aiming instead of actually just having that feel that that repetition just know that he's going to be able to make those throws so there's no lack of aggressiveness in his game i don't think he's 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 not there he's not like kenny pickett where he's just going to always take what's in front of him he he's bold enough to take uh, you know, throws in maybe a little bit more tight window. But for me, I think he needs to be in a outside zone scheme or, or something or offense like that that utilizes his athleticism early on so that when he catches up mentally, I think he, he's going to be a solid star. So that, that's what makes him QB3 for me. One thing I want to mention about Ritter before I get to QB2, it seemed like Ritter was trying to – be as perfect as possible and that got to his head at times i felt like that he is so hell-bent on being perfect that he is imperfect you know like he he's he wants to be so good you can tell he he has that motivation that he wants to be a really good quarterback but there are times that he just it just does not consistently show on a possession to possession basis so i'm i'm hoping that you know i i'm i'm with you he could be a formidable starter at the next level he can be a successful starter at the next level for me it's going to depend on where he lands because if he's drafted by like carolina and honestly at this point like, even though I'm sort of all the way out on Ritter at six, I could see it as a possibility. I could definitely see it as a possibility. Him being the first quarterback off the board, it's a possibility. But he seems like a quarterback that I, I just don't trust Carolina's coaching staff right now to develop a quarterback correctly. That's my worry with any quarterback in this draft class that could get drafted by Carolina is that are they going to be developed correctly in Ben McAdoo's offense? Are they going to be developed correctly by Matt Rule, Sean Ryan, the quarterback coach? That That's my concern. So landing spots going to be crucial for Ritter's success, in my opinion. Um, I mean, and again, 
you could say that with any quarterback in this draft class. But for me, with Ritter, the inconsistencies from a possession to possession basis really turned me off um, as a talent evaluator, and I'm just not as I'm not as high as I'm not as high on him as you are, Devin. Um, but I can definitely see your side to things about Ritter, and I, I totally get where you're coming from. So moving on to QB2, um, our honorable mention and QB5 are kind of flipped with my rankings. So for me, QB2 is your honorable mention, your QB6, Matt Corral. Um, I feel like the top two quarterbacks on my board, like yours, like I, I think they're projects in some way, but they're not like long-term projects where you don't know if they'll ever start at the next level. I, I do think that within the next year, at least, I think they can become starters. Um, and a little bit of that will be because of the RPOs that have been instilled in a lot of these offenses now in the NFL, especially in Miami with Tua. Um, Corral and Pickett have the same grade on my board. They're basically tied for QB2 in a sense. Um, but I, I prefer Corral's play more than Pickett's. It, it just the play style for me, I, I prefer. Um, I love Corral's athleticism, his swagger, toughness, quick release in, uh, in the upper half, generally good accuracy on all three levels, and his arm talent. Now, his arm talent is not elite level by any means, but it's good, and he can drive balls downfield with plenty of velocity and put it put it on the money and put it and drop it in the bucket. He has that ability. He has shown that ability. Um, and I, I get the concerns with Corral. Reading the field at times, his eyes, you know, his pocket awareness, decision-making. He he didn't turn the ball over as much, but he did put the ball in harm's way um, a little bit too often than I liked, um, especially when you watch this tape as the season went along. Um, early in the season, he looked really good. Um, and, you know, that you didn't see any more of those five-plus INT games that we saw in 2020. Um, but I think... I do think there's room for growth, more growth for Corral. And I feel like Lane Kiffin kind of just told Corral, just go do whatever you want in that offense. Um, and don't worry about anything else. Just go go play the way you want to go play. I, I feel like that may hurt him in terms of his growth and progress as a in, into developing as an NFL starter. Um, and I think whoever drafts him, whether that's – I'm going to mention Carolina again. There, there's rumors that Corral could be a potential target for Carolina at six. Um, maybe even Atlanta or Seattle or Pittsburgh. Maybe even Tampa Bay. Maybe Detroit. I mean, you know, the, there are there are things that need to be done with Corral to develop him. He's, I don't, he should not touch the field year one. Um, and it's for a lot of the reasons you brought up, but I love the upside that Corral brings. I love the athleticism, the swagger, the toughness. I mean, I, 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 for some reason, I'm a sucker for those type of quarterbacks. Um, I was a sucker for that with Baker Mayfield. I loved his game coming out and I, 
that's kind of where I am in terms of the uh, in terms of Corral. I'm not saying he's Mayfield, but you know, he Corral has plenty of talent, but he is raw in the areas that you need to correct him in. Um, and it's, and it could take a while, but I could see this being a year only a year project where if he goes to somewhere like Tampa Bay where he is behind Tom Brady and he has the weapons, the protection, and the play caller to work with, he could be something. He could definitely be something really good. Um, he'll need time to adjust to an NFL offense, but I, I, I see a future starting quarterback at the next level, in my opinion. Yeah, I was having this discussion earlier with Tyler Fornes, and, and he feels similarly to you, you know, and I think that's kind of the beauty of this process that people kind of see things differently. So, you know, that, I don't knock people for, for you know, seeing outside and, and guys like Sam Howell, Matt Corral, and uh, especially you as well, you know, just for me, it's just different things about the game, their games and, and you know, what I'm seeing uh, that I think could translate whatnot. So, no fall at that. But my QB2, uh, Carson Strong, uh, which obviously makes my QB1, Malik Willis. But QB2 is Carson Strong. For me, you know, I, I, there, there's been a lot of a lot of smoke in, in um, you know, kind of his, his pre-draft process. You know, coming out of the season, people were like, you know, he has a good chance to be QB1. Or, you know, he has a good chance to, to be a first quarterback taken off the board. Taken off the board. But he didn't have a stellar senior bowl. Um, you know, the knee still didn't look quite right for him. You know, and I, I think that the knee thing it is, it, I mean, it could, could blow up the, the my entire grade on him because if he, he never gets fully healthy, we're never going to see him, uh, you know, be successful at the NFL up. He has to be healthy. And I, I think, you know, we will hope by the time training camp comes around, he'll be fully healthy, fully cleared, and, and he can – finally put some of that those things behind them but as they say you know if, if you're you know you suffer with injuries the last couple of years in college I mean there's a good chance it carries over to the NFL you know it's just kind of the unfortunate thing uh, about football is that injuries do carry carry over so that, that's, that's my biggest worry with him is that one project them as as the QB2 of this class you know is he going to be healthy enough to to be a quarterback on an NFL team so for me what I liked about him is that, you know, obviously he played in an air raid system and, and air raid quarterbacks kind of have a bad rep. But with him, you see the tight window throws. You see the ability to to drive uh, over the middle of the field. Uh, it really, he paint all corners of the field. There's, he has no issues with co- completing any pass anywhere. The the deep outs, the deep comebacks, you know, all all that uh, within within uh, reason. Obviously, competition issues are going to be pointed to as well, but to me, I, I didn't really see anything on film that was, you know, just a fatal flaw, quote unquote. Obviously, the mobility is 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 what it is. He's not mobile. I mean, I, I think that's you can say it pretty confidently. He can maneuver the pocket. He can, you know, somewhat make some plays uh, off script. But once he was kind of hampered by that knee, he he really couldn't do a whole bunch of moving. But when he was healthy, when he was, you know, able to play at, at somewhat 100% this season, uh, he was phenomenal. And and I enjoy watching his film. And I, I just think he's the type of player that he 
I could see him having, you know, quite a bit of interceptions because he's a risk taker. He's mm-hmm. he's going to try to fit passes sometimes that belong nowhere near they, where they need to be. And, you know, that's okay. I think an NFL team can live with that to some degree. You don't want to be supremely turnover prone. But, you know, say if it's like, you know, third and 20 and, you know, you're like near midfield and you throw, uh, you know, interception in, at like your tenure at the other team's tenure line. It's essentially a punt. You know, so I think yeah. things like that, it, it, he, that's what he's going to be prone to do. But I like his command in the pocket. I, I like, you know, it, he had quite a bit of, uh, you know, reign over the offense. He was able to change plays at the line, clearly communicated. He had a good rapport. And the thing I thought that he did best out of all the quarterbacks in this class is that when he found a matchup he liked, he kept going at it. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's not one of those quarterbacks, like, that, you know, he tried to spread the wealth, like – the connection he had with Romeo does, for instance, like if he saw Incredible. a matchup that he loved, he's going after the back yeah. shoulder. Same thing with Cole Turner. So with him, I feel like out of all the quarterbacks, he built he built the best rapport with his weapons, and then he kept utilizing them. He didn't make he didn't forget about them, if that makes sense. Yeah, but he's he was also playing with with some of the best supporting cast probably in this class as well. When you when you think about it from a draft perspective, because. I'm not gonna say like the talent overall talent like at North Carolina is better. The overall talent at Old Miss is better, but in terms of experience, yeah, the yeah, terms of experience, sure. you you see that when he builds a relationship with a player or two, he understands how to attack a defense. So I think for me, the with these top three quarterbacks, I, I see a clear path with how they win, and for Carson Strong, it's with his mind and confidence. Like he he understands what he can do. He knows what his guys can do, and he knows how to exploit it. For so for me, despite all the noise around his pre-draft process, and you know I heard obviously reports out of senior bowls that you know he didn't do as good, didn't take coaching as well. Obviously, if that is the case and that is true, that's obviously going to be something he needs to work on, translating to NFL level, but. To me, I, there's everything there for him to be successful, to be a possibly borderline top 10 quarterback in the pocket because he can certainly hit every part of the field. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to be about one health, two, how fast can he learn the NFL game and NFL playbook? And three, is he going to be turnover prone or not? Because he has that gunslinger mentality, but we know how much it can haunt young quarterbacks. So for me, that's why he does QB2. QB one for me, Devin. Sam Howe, North Carolina. I am. I I know for a fact that I am most definitely higher on Sam Howe than most people in this in the draft community. Um, I, I will mention that, and your concerns about Howe was were very valid. Um, his decision making uh, was inconsistent and didn't have really good weapons this past season. Um, and he put the ball in harm's way at times, and he didn't really. And he was more – he was playing in a Phil Longo offense that was RPO, vertical passing game, that type of thing. Um, he's going He's going to have a period of time where he'll need to adjust to the NFL's – to an NFL offense's scheme, playbook, the language of the playbook, et cetera. His pocket awareness isn't 
great, but he had some okay moments when um, navigating the pocket, finding lanes to hit. He didn't have a lot of work with progressions. However, in the plays where he was allowed to do full field progressions, either half half field or full field, um, I thought he did a he did a solid job going through his reads and making fairly good choices in his progressions. Um, how doesn't have the most elite arm and how he shouldn't be confused for the best arm in, in this draft class. No way. Um, best, the best arm belongs to Malik Willis without a doubt. Um, but it's his arm like Corral. It's good enough where he could put the ball on at any level of the field. Very little issue, good accuracy on all three levels of the field, especially a ball placement and touch. Um, he showed good mobility and toughness um, overall as a runner. And I, I get the concerns that maybe his maybe running the ball a little too much this past season could hurt him, um, both figuratively and literally at the next level. Um, but adding that element as a runner helps provide more value with him. And I think that's really what got me with how was that he, he can do damage as a runner. We saw that. He's not going to run away from defenders, but he is a tough runner with good vision balance. He will fight for every yard um, as a runner. Um, And that's why I love about how and his mobility. Um, I'm a big fan of Howe's film and I, I understand it's not everyone's flavor, but I think how could definitely be one of the steals of this draft class. And I think he has one of the higher ceilings in this draft class as well. I think you, you can see the flashes that how has shown over the last couple of seasons, over the last three years, his freshman year, his sophomore year, um, even this past season, even though he wasn't as productive as he was in years past. Um, the game that keeps coming up to my mind is the FSU game um in 2020 even though um at the time number five unc lost that game to florida state um i thought that was one of how's better games as um in in college football um uh, he he showed everything you we 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 saw in 2021 but we didn't see a lot of the running ability that we saw in 2021 but we we saw flashes of it um he his ceiling is fairly high, but it's not it's not as high as I think the ceiling is with Willis and Ritter. So personally, I I'm a big fan of how QB one he has a high he has early mid second round grade. Um, so four quarterbacks with second round grades very close together. Um, Sam Howell. Um, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. Those are my four quarterbacks with a second-round grade. Then you got Carson Strong with a third, and Desmond Ritter with a fourth as QB6. Um, your QB1, Malik Willis, and I totally get it. I totally get where you're coming from with that. And I I was so – I was hoping so much that, like, while I was grading Willis, I was like, he's going to be QB1. He's going to be QB1. But the notes – from looking at my notes, I was like, there's too much for me here that I'm like, I'm not really comfortable with in turn at the next level with him um, for him to be my QB one. Um, 
And I felt like with how I saw a little bit more in some of the areas that um, that Willis struggled in that I was like, I feel like how presents a little bit more than Willis does as a quarterback, but he doesn't have as high of a ceiling, but overall as a complete player, how may have has, I, I liked why I saw better with how than Willis. Yeah, it was a tough one for me. A lot of these guys are not separated by a lot, you know, on, on my board. I mean, they're they're all kind of like maybe in, from from one to, to six, uh, one to five, they're probably, you know, within 15 and 20 spots of each other, like respectively, like depending on, you know, each breakdown. But, you know, when I think about Willis, like for me, to me, I just can't get over the talent that he has. Like it, I've seen how the NFL is trending. I've seen how the NFL has changed over the couple, the last couple of years, and, and really the last four or five draft classes. And every quarterback that people have is QB one, especially in this draft cycle. I get it. You have Carson Strong as QB one. I get it. You see the mind. You see his his arm talent. You. you have Desmond Ritter as QB1. I get it. There's a little bit more consistency in his game compared to some of these other guys. Kenny Pickett is QB1. It's a safe pick. He's not going to – there's a low chance of him just being out of the league in a couple of years. But for me, I've seen and, – and I even gone back I've, – I've gone back to study some of Patrick Mahomes' tape, some of Josh Allen's tape, and they're – with these quarterbacks of this elk, there are just things on tape they do that maybe half a percent of the league can do. And it, it is incredibly difficult for me to watch, digest the tape. I get there is, and I've written an, art, I've written an article about it. I've talked about you know Malik Willis quite a bit uh, since last year. But there is just that the special trait that he has to create Houdini-like plays that Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on in the game, he can pull that out of his hat and there is no answer you have for it. Like he has the answer that Patrick Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, they all have it. Like there are things – go ahead. Would you say it's a – not necessarily a it factor, but would you say it's there's this niche with Willis that you're like you can't sh- you can't shake it like you just you can see like there's there's God given talent with this guy that just is not you can't really teach. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I just see it with this film. I saw you know. Just from watching him in a little bit, the, the Virginia Tech game from his 2020 film kind of sealed it. I mean, dude spun out of the pocket and, <laughs> and dropped it in the bucket. I mean, to me, it, it's it's so hard with with grading quarterbacks to like, you know, you you try to go, you go in an objective. You, I for me, it, this is the most challenging year. But going in objective, having a clean slate, you watch them all separately. I try not to watch them all within each other because I want to have a clean slate for each one. So I watched Willis first and, you know, you try not to compare it, 
but just the outer structure ability to essentially create something out of nothing, like just 50 yard runs, 50 yard bombs on the run. Like there, there was no quarterback in this class that's doing that. And, and that's what makes it hard is like, sure. He has a long, a long way to go in terms of not a long way to go. I won't even say long way, but he certainly needs to clean up mechanically. He certainly has to clean up footwork. He has to clean up his misses, the layups. Like he needs to be just a more consistent down to down quarterback. But then it could be third and 20. And he's going to make magic happen because that is just what he does, you know, and and there's nothing in a defensive playbook that can make that guardable, which makes this even harder because yeah. sometimes quarterbacks just have to make plays. And there's really not a lot of quarterbacks in this draft class. If you throw a third and 20 with the game on the line that they're going to make something happen outside of the structure of the offense, it, mm-hmm. it's just not feasible for their game and and Ritter has some ability but I don't think he's going to be able to be that flash in a pan like that it's just hard with these quarterbacks because Willis could certainly become a top five quarterback he certainly has the best ceiling but he could just also be a below average starter that you're just betting on big plays with him so there's such a range for that but and you know if I miss on this I will understand but you also got to understand there are some things you can do that yeah. you just cannot miss on when you have a quarterback that special. So for me, I just think the senior bowl really helped them. I understand the senior bowl is not, you shouldn't use a senior bowl in, in your evaluation. I didn't because I had this evaluation kind of set in stone mm-hmm. uh, for, for a couple months now, but there are always prospects that ascend during the draft process. And sometimes it's quarterback. I mean, Mahomes really ascended in the draft process later on. Allen, same thing. You know, so I'm I'm not trying to say he's going to be them. I don't think he's – he didn't show enough in college that could make that direct comparison, if that makes sense. But in terms of making a jump because you just have physical abilities that – trump everything that a defense throws at you sometimes that's what makes this process hard but also makes him special so this this kind of just my insight on on malik willis and why he's my qb1 it it, it's just hard to for me to to like quarterbacks like josh allen lamar jackson uh patrick mahomes uh justin fields where they made plays just off script and off off the cuff that you you're just like wow how did they make that play you know so for me that that's really what went into this and and it was tough i mean like i said they're they're all pretty stacked kind of similarly you know really around each other and in terms Mm -hmm. of where where it finished for me with crowd only being the one that, that got a fourth round grade for me but the rest of them i mean Willis Art, Art. was a a second rounder, uh, late second. Same with Carson Strong, and, and then the other three were third rounders, and they mm-hmm. were like high third rounders. So, like for me, that I see the film, the talent, everything involved. I, I know there's a lot to a long way to go from Lake Willis, but when you think about just 
everything he brings to the table, it, it's it's just hard for me to say, and, and based on how I graded everyone, it's hard for me to not have him as QB1 when I'm asking for players, what can you do off, off script and off schedule? Or is there a trump card? His trump card is just being making those two to three special plays that make him different from any other quarterback in 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 his draft class. So that that's what did it for me. Willis is someone that, like you're saying, he can be a superstar, like Lamar Jackson level superstar, maybe higher. Um. And our, our our quarterback rankings are kind of flipped in some ways, kind of mixed up. And I think that's the way with everyone's, honestly. This is one of the more diverse quarterback groups I've seen in a while in terms of variance of, appear- of opinion. Um, like, there's no true consensus QB1 um, in my eyes. Um, some people have Desmond Ritter as QB1. Some have... Kenny Pickett is QB1. Some have Corral or Strong as QB1. Um, I I have Howe as QB1, and I, I've seen a fair amount of people have Willis as QB1. So this is one of the more diverse draft classes at the quarterback position I've seen in a minute in terms of variance of opinion. Um, with Malik Willis, um, you, see, you you see the talent there. And I, I was so amazed with watching him on tape. Um, but when I came down to grading, it, it was just – it was more of a judgment call, you know, for me. And I was like, the, the things on a down-to-down basis that were inconsistent for me, I, I didn't grade as highly. And that really hurt his grade for me. Um, maybe another couple extra points on his, in some areas could have – boosted him to QB1. He could have been QB1 ahead of Sam Howell easily for me. He could there there was a good chance he may have had a very high second round grade for me. Like and a grade that's probably shouldn't be as high for any quarterback in this draft class. Um I know there are some people that have fourth round grades on all these quarterbacks. You know, I mean this is it's not as great as it was, but you and I were talking about this last week. This feels similar to 2014 um, with the downside being this could be 2013 in all the worst ways. But this draft class seems like 2014 where you could have someone unexpected go high and then someone you expected go in the same place you thought they would. Maybe you see someone get taken in day two, end up going to a good team, or a team in the early second round and end up being like Derek Carr or maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe Kenny Pickett ends up being Teddy Bridgewater 2.0. I mean, who knows? But what what we see with this draft class is a variance of opinion, and no one's going to agree on like a true consistent consensus on really any of these guys. Um I expect that to change next year with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young coming through because I mean those two those are dudes and I think CJ Stroud might be the best of them. Like you watched him against in the Rose Bowl against Utah. 
That's some of the best quarterbacking I've seen in a while. I'm like, is there a way we can allow their eligibility to be this year so then we don't have to discuss the rest of the quarterback class? Like, we want these guys so bad, but we got to wait another year. And we get wait another year to discuss about these guys. But in the summertime, we'll be discussing about these quarterbacks for sure. Um, I'm excited to do that. Watch C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And I think us really, uh, or I think me really salivating over next next year's quarterback class kind of tells you the full story about this quarterback <laughs> class. Um, but, you know, for me with how um, I, I see a successful quarterback um, with Willis, I see a the the low the worst I could see him being is, and I think um, Forno ended up bringing it up in the group chat one night. What is Jalen Hurts, uh, but with a cannon? My I can definitely see that. Um, but yeah, the variance of opinion in this draft class is phenomenal. Um, it brings more discussion, more discourse. Uh, which I love in the draft community. And I think that's important is that healthy, um, healthy arguments, healthy discourse about the draft class, even though it's annoying that we don't have a true quarterback in this draft class. And, um, and, you know, it, it sucks in the group chat. No one likes in the blue chips guy in group chat. No one likes talking about the quarterbacks, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all because, you know, we get to see each other's, different view on the quarterback class um, and on prospects in general. And it really opened your eyes to saying, Oh, you, there a lot of people have see things differently than you do. And for me, sometimes that's hard to grasp, but um, I'm getting better at learning that. But for us, let's kind of recap what we our rankings real quick for, for me. I mentioned it earlier. Sam Howell, QB1. Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett as QB, uh, QB2 and QB3. Um, Malik Willis, QB4. Uh, Carson Strong, QB5. And then Desmond Ritter, QB6. Devin, Malik uh, for Devin. Malik Willis, QB1. Um, Desmond Ritter, QB2, correct? Carson uh, Strong, QB2. Uh, Carson Strong, QB2. Um, Carson Strong, QB2, Desmond Ritter, QB3, Kenny Pinkett, QB4, Sam Howell, QB5, and then Matt Corral, QB6. So those are our quarterback rankings for this draft class. We have officially gotten involved in the discourse completely. Um, I have maybe one more quarterback to watch, um, Bailey, Zape, uh, Bailey Zappi. I haven't – I'm probably not going to watch him for another several days as I – get through more of this draft class, but um, we're, we're excited for the rest of the process as we start winding down to draft day. Um, our big boards will be coming out um, towards the end of the draft. We'll be having our final mock drafts around that time. Um, and you can expect more content from us um, over at Blue Chip Scouting and expect more episodes of the Draft Up podcast moving forward, especially in the summertime when, we're watching Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, B. John Robinson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Um, we're excited for that for summer scouting as well. Um, draft is 24-7, 365, nonstop, always draft season. Guys, thank you so much for, for listening. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>